Hey everyone, and welcome to The Ad Project, an ongoing series about two guys who put their heads together to start the world's most advanced Amazon advertising agency. They've obsessed over all things in the Amazon advertising world, built an industry-leading platform to gain deeper insights, and continuously test, trial, and push to uncover the most effective advertising strategies. Now, they're going to help you grow your Amazon business by pulling back the curtain to share what they've discovered. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm Joe, and this is Matt from Ad Advance. And Matt, give us an intro of what we're going to be covering today. Today, we are getting into the new frontier of Amazon advertising that is Amazon DSP. Yeah, we're super excited for this one. Really, what we're going to try to do is paint the picture of what is this Amazon DSP thing. and how can we leverage it? Why are we so excited about it? And some of the strategies that we can utilize to expand our sales, get great advertising return, and really get that solid competitive advantage against our competition on Amazon. So Matt, what is Amazon DSP? Amazon DSP is pretty similar to sponsored display, except it has immensely more features. So it's a combination of on-site and off-site Amazon placements with the majority of impressions coming off of Amazon. What really sets DSP apart is Amazon has an immense amount of customer insights and uh, audience building options that you can integrate into your DSP orders that allow for extremely targeted ads. So you can reach an audience that's super interested in your product. You can reach an audience that isn't aware of your brand, but they don't even know they're interested in your product yet. You can target every stage of the funnel, every stage of the customer journey, and it's just a really refined and effective advertising type. One other thing to keep in mind for DSP too is that they're really aggregating data across the whole Amazon ecosystem. So with DSP, you can even do stuff like we can run a video ad for somebody who's watching a certain genre of shows on their fire stick or Amazon owns Twitch. And so we can get different insights from that. There's also a lot of third-party data that you can utilize within Amazon DSP to refine the different audiences that you're targeting. And so if you look at like sponsored ads in general, the key things that we can target are different keywords relating to search terms that people are typing on Amazon or different product targets or categories that show up on the detail page. Within DSP, we can get much, much more granular and kind of combine these audiences. So you can put together an audience. So if they viewed my page within the last 30 days, but they didn't purchase any of these products, including my similar competitors' products, or if they browse in a certain category or watch a certain genre of shows, or it, there's just so many different audiences that you can build uh, with DSP that it just gives you so much more control. And it also gives you the ability to really expand the audiences that you're targeting outside of the core ways that you would do it with sponsored ads, which is which is typically through search terms or um, if they viewed other pages or they're on different product detail pages. I would say the major advantage of DSP lies in its audience building capabilities, especially the combination of multiple audiences, including exclusions. Amazon has very niche in-market categories that you can draw from. So based on shopping behavior within those categories, you can 
narrow your audience to really refine to like subcategories on Amazon. From there, you can target specific demos. So let's say I have uh, a product in the beauty category. I can check out, say, my brand analytics reports and figure out, all right, my key demo, the people that are most likely to purchase my product are women age 25 to 35. I can target women of that age group that are actively browsing in that category that have viewed products within my most granular category and haven't made a purchase. That's, I mean, the the audience building capabilities are are near endless. You can just, you can combine so many different aspects, but there are some core strategies that are a little bit simpler, but super effective that I'd recommend starting with for most sellers. Joe, I'm thinking of views retargeting, I say Mason retargeting. Do you want to just walk through that strategy at a high level? Yeah. And before we even get into that, just to cover a couple different ways that we can utilize DSP too. So there's many different demographics that we can include. There's also the ability to include, like we, we can get pixels. So we can install pixels on our website. So say you have a lot of offsite traffic that you drive, say, to your website. We can install a pixel on your website, and now we can use that to retarget people with ads. And we can drive them to your Amazon products, or we can actually drive them back to your website. So that's another key piece with DSP is that it doesn't have to be specific to driving people back to your listings on Amazon. We tend to see some great results doing that just because the conversion rates tend to be so much higher on Amazon. You know, a typical website converts at 1% to 2%, where typical Amazon listing, 10 to 15%. So you can afford to pay more to send them to Amazon. Even with all the extra fees you have to pay for selling on Amazon, it tends to make more sense. But just know that there's the ability to also target your ads to send them back to non-Amazon sites. And you're just using DSP as a platform to do that. And then another, another way that you can use audiences too is that, say you have a really big mailing list, you tend to need, I think it's like 20,000 different yeah. records, so your audience doesn't get too small. But if you have some great offsite lists too, you can actually provide that and then do you set that up as an audience that you can market to. So this is kind of equivalent to like what you can do, say, with like Facebook. And so you can utilize that with Amazon, but then also take into account all of Amazon's key insights. And you know, before we get into strategy, I think that's probably another key piece to hit is just all the insights that we can get from Amazon first party data. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for pulling me out of the weeds there. I really <laughs> want to get into like really niche, like retargeting strategies and whatnot. This is a better thing to cover, I think, at this stage. So yeah, just like you said, like building a hashed audience. So taking those 20,000 plus list of people, essentially what Amazon will do when you load that into your DSP or when you build an audience using that list is they'll associate it to their Amazon account. From there, they'll tie it to all of their Amazon browsing behavior. So you have a list of people that have uh, interacted with your brand in some capacity previously. Now we can pair that with category views. Were they looking, were they browsing products in your category? On Amazon, do they have a purchase history? Did, have, they, have they made uh, product purchases of similar products or complementary products? within the category previously, you can customize that horizon. So was it in the last 30 days, six months, greater you know, than any date range, essentially up to 365 for, for purchases. On the views front, you can look at individual ASIN views. So have they interacted with your products? 
That's going to be a warm audience if they haven't made the purchase yet. You can remarket to that audience specifically with a number of other, other refinements. Have they interacted with close competitors? So this is where we can harness your sponsored product data and we can look at your product targets, develop a list of close substitutes, ASINs, competitors that are similar to your products, and we can remarket that audience if they haven't made a purchase yet and reach them. That combination of all the different interactions within categories, products, views, purchases, you name it across the full Amazon site. It's incredibly powerful. Yeah. And and that is the key reason why Amazon advertising continues to see such incredible growth. And that is a key reason why Matt and I are so excited about DSP. So if you compare to like Google ads or Facebook ads, previously they were the duopoly. They were the two major digital advertising spend sources. And then Amazon came in there, but much less. Over time, Amazon has really grown where now it's, they're getting up into the league with Facebook and Google. And some of the key reasons why is because they have such awesome first party data. And the other key piece is that they are closest to the purchase too, which is extremely valuable. So if you look at Google data, I can look at different Google searches and I can say, okay, if they're doing research about buying a new mountain bike, or if they're doing mountain bike research, or they look at a lot of mountain bike stuff, maybe they're in the market to buy a new mountain bike. So I can show them with ads like that. But I may hit a bunch of people who aren't looking for a new mountain bike. They, they just love looking for different mountain bike information. For Facebook, you know, they're constantly trying to track you throughout multiple different browsing habits and everything. And this is why we've been seeing a lot of stuff too with like, Apple's new updates where now it doesn't allow cross app tracking unless you opt into it. Facebook is trying to gather all this data so they can provide actionable insights to specifically target these different audiences. But what they're finding is that they're getting further and further away from those very specific actionable insights that we can utilize as advertisers to show people the most relevant ads. And so That's why they've been fighting the security updates on iPhone devices. And so if you look at Amazon's information, they're getting the specific purchase information. They're getting the specific search information. And so if somebody comes to Amazon and they're searching for a product, we know they're probably much more likely to buy than if they're just randomly searching on Google. And so with those insights, you can develop these really solid audiences where you can give them really relevant ads that helps them complete their purchase and also helps us because we're completing sales and finding those people who are most interested in our products. So there is a ton of actionable information within Amazon. And like Matt was saying, since most of the insights that they're gaining are within their own apps, some of these privacy updates don't really impact them either because I'm always logged into my Amazon account. So Amazon knows exactly what I'm searching for. And then with that information, now we can provide more ads to provide those right products so you can complete your purchase. Matt, you had a fun example of purchasing a new truck or if you're looking for different parts, like walk through that because I think that helps paint the picture. Yeah. So let's say you're an auto dealership and you're trying to market your pickup truck to a high intent audience. With Amazon DSP, you can narrow that audience based on Amazon's garage. So the vehicles that they have saved within their Amazon accounts. And so we can target people that own a specific type of vehicle. 
we can target people that are purchasing vehicle parts for a vehicle age six years or older. You can get that refined with it. So I want somebody that owns my, my pickup truck that I'm advertising, my Chevy Silverado, and that Silverado is more than 10 years old, and they're purchasing a number of parts for it. So they're fed up with having to continually repair their truck, knowing you know that pickup trucks is a really brand loyal segment within the auto industry. We can build a very refined audience and target them with, with ad placements all around the internet. So for Google, what I'd be able to see is maybe, yeah, there's somebody who owns a Chevy Silverado and truck consumers are pretty loyal to their brands. So I know, all right, this person may be in the market, but with Amazon's information, now I know the exact make, model, year. I know if they're buying a bunch of replacement parts. So if they're buying a bunch of replacement parts, maybe they're having issues and they're getting to the point where they want to buy a new truck. And so that's just the increased level of detail you can get with audiences with DSP and why you're continuing to see DSP and Amazon advertising in general is growing so much faster than Facebook and Google. And part of that is just these excellent first party insights that we can get and just being able to segment these audiences so you can serve them much more relevant ads that actually add value versus just random ads that may not be hitting the core market that you're looking for. Right. Going back to that example too, you paired that audience with uh, a tracking pixel, somebody that's viewed Chevy's website, and you have a super high intent audience. Yep. Tons, tons of audience building options. On yep. the, the supply front, I think that warrants a conversation too. What a lot of people don't realize is that Amazon has a really expansive publisher network that's exclusive to them. There's a couple thousand domains included in it that other advertisers don't have access to. It's Amazon only. And I'm not talking just Amazon.com, IMDB, Twitch, you know, the sites that Amazon owns under their umbrella. They have agreements with a large number of domains where they have exclusive access to their advertising inventory. So regardless of where you're advertising, Amazon DSP may be the only means of reaching those sites and reaching an audience visiting it. Once you pair that with all of Amazon's first-party data, like just your reach and uh, your your relevancy is so high. You know, on the sponsored ad side, really almost all the placements are on Amazon. And so essentially what's happening is Amazon has these placements and then based off of the relevancy times bid, they determine who's going to own those spots and then shows the ads on Amazon. Off of Amazon, what happens is say I'm a publisher of some content and I want to try to make some advertising revenue. I can become a partner in this display network with DSP and I can say, I have these spaces that you can show on my website. So if I'm weather.com, I can show these different ads on my website. And then what the DSP does is it will take our audiences. So I'll say, all right, Joe's browsing weather.com. I know that Joe is really into mountain biking and that meets some of these audiences that advertisers have selected. And these audiences are going to pick certain bids that they're willing to pay for their ads. Now the DSP is going to pair up those audiences with whoever's searching. And then they're going to display an ad that one, I'm in the audience for if I'm browsing. And then two, the ad that's going to pay the most so the publisher makes the most money. So it's kind of like sponsored ads where it's there's a bid component. But there's also this major audience component which DSP helps control to make sure that we're showing the most relevant ads on these different sites 
while also trying to maximize the dollar amount that the publishers can get for their content. So they're also making money on their website itself. So that's really how the DSP works and shows ads. Let's look at who's browsing, make sure they match within specific audiences. And then out of all those audiences that they do match to, who's going to pay the most for that ad to show? And that's going to be the ad that gets shown when you're browsing. Another common question that I get with DSP is a lot of people promote it just to use for brand building or to find very large audiences, which you definitely can do. But there's different ways that we can utilize it too. So for people who come in and they just view it as, all right, I'm just going to have to show ads to millions and millions of people. Like walk me through what we can do there and kind of our approach that we take for that. Yeah, sure. So even taking a, a step further back than that, like Amazon managed DSP requires really hefty budget commitments. Agency managed DSP uh, through agencies like AdAdvance doesn't have a minimum spend cap or we don't have a minimum spend cap. So we can get our feet wet with certain DSP strategies, prove the results, and then expand from there. And so we're not going to go in and take a top of funnel approach and reach a massive audience unless you were at that stage with your brand or leveraging, you know, lower funnel, higher returning strategies already. What we do where we get started is with retargeting and purchases campaigns in most instances. So those are low funnel, high intent audiences that have either viewed or interacted with their brand in some way. And these campaigns are designed to get them back in brand, move from consideration to conversion. So it's a really, really warm audience. It produces ROAS anywhere in like the four to 10x range. Our overall average for retargeting, you know, the approach that we implement at onset in the vast majority of cases is 9x right now. So we're just over 10% ACOS, which is amazing. They convert super well. We're reaching really high intent audience and we're getting them back on Amazon and driving that conversion that they probably wouldn't have otherwise had. Yeah. And that, that's where I think that I, I've seen other sellers who've got burned in the past with DSP is they'll sign up with Amazon managed service. And at the end of the day, those who are signing the up working directly for Amazon, they're incentivized by the amount of spend that they can generate. Easy way to spend a lot of money is to put in a very big audience. You can spend a lot of cash really quick on DSP. But the problem with that is if you start with a top of funnel strategy, but you don't have that bottom of the funnel already built out and performing, you can get a lot of people interested in your brand, but then you just lose all connection because you don't have those other stages in your funnel built out. And so that's what we've seen in a lot of cases is that people have committed twenty, thirty thousand dollars to DSP, spent that all, reached millions of people, but it didn't really result in anything for sales or in great performance because they didn't have those lower funnel strategies already built out. And so that, that's probably one of the different approaches that we like to take is we like to make sure that we've got that bottom of the funnel st uh, strategy built out first and that it's performing well. And then at that point, now we can start to work our way up the funnel, meaning we can target broader and broader audiences. Some will work really well. Others won't work as well, but as long as we can iterate really quickly and continually be testing these different audiences, uh, that's where you're going to get the good performance versus just starting with this very broad top of funnel strategy and spending a lot of money really quickly, not knowing what the results will be. So just like any other ad types, you know, 
when we start for sponsored display, we're not just going to allocate tens of thousands of dollars without first seeing performance on a smaller scale. In DSP, it should be the exact same way. And so that's one of the key benefits going through an agency like us is we get to combine all of our DSP spend together to meet those DSP spend limits. But what we can do is we can really, we can start smaller. We can show those results and then work our way up the funnel. Yeah. It goes beyond just the funnel too. We can emphasize like a narrower mix of creatives or uh, different frequency settings and stuff too, just to focus on higher quality impressions. So we can target that low funnel audience to start. We can also target really high quality impressions, meaning like high viewability rates. People are seeing the majority of the ad. So we can limit our domain list. We can exclude domains that haven't converted favorably previously for us. So we can focus on really high quality supply and we can limit frequencies. So we don't need to saturate somebody's device with, you know, dozens of of impressions at once. We can limit their exposure to say, you know, five to 10 impressions per user and make sure that, you know, we're reaching the audience that does intend to come back and complete that purchase. So tons of audience building opportunities to drive really strong results. And then a lot of creative and supply and frequency adjustments we can implement to drive really quality impressions to that audience too. And this is where we get really excited about it, just especially since we've got an in-house development team and we're really tech based is that we can do all these split tests really quickly. And what's cool is, yep, the tech is great, but then you also need the intuition to be able to build out these custom audiences and really think creatively on, you know, where these people might be and what key pieces can I combine together in my audience targeting to find those people who this ad is really going to resonate with. So maybe one other piece to to touch on is just the different creative options, because we have a lot more optionality on the creatives that we show. So can you just walk through a couple of those options that are available? I'm going to skip video for the purposes of this conversation. We can talk about video in a future podcast episode. So let's talk about our display ads, non-video. The most common would be dynamic e-commerce or responsive e-commerce. And those are kind of pre-built Amazon templates that they've split tested since the infancy of DSP in a number of different sizes and formats. And with each of those, that what's displayed in the ad varies. Sometimes your copy will be displayed. So you pick a headline similar to sponsored brands, keep it under 50 characters that drives people back to the site or accomplishes whatever strategy you're looking to accomplish. We'll vary that based on purchase behavior, view behavior and stuff. But key thing here is, is sizes and how your ads are displayed on various inventory. So one of the things that we do is we, we track every metric associated with each size of ad. Then based on what the strategy is, how much volume we're looking to drive, we can narrow those sizes and where those placements appear across all the domains uh, that we target. As performance proves itself, we can open it up by introducing more creative sizes and different types of creative too. One of the awesome pieces of creative and kind of targeting options too is our ability just to target different placements on Amazon too. So if we're talking bottom of funnel approaches, really high returns, DSP has unique placements on Amazon that we can isolate and drive impressions to drive traffic from. And ROAS is like (laughs) just off the charts for those placements too. So tons of options with your creative customization. 
and Matt was just hitting on to you know more of the standard type creatives that we can add but there's a ton of other customization that we can do which we'll we'll get into in future episodes uh, that can be an episode in itself just to cover the different creatives and definitely perform well so overall this has been the intro to DSP coming in future episodes we're going to have a couple other awesome guests come in and we can get their take on some of these major topics but then for future episodes that Matt and I will be on, we're going to keep building on the DSP front and different strategies, how we implement them, different results that we're seeing. So overall, key takeaways, DSP, it's really the next frontier once you've got sponsored ads lined out. We're seeing a ton of opportunity right now. I mean, when Matt's talking about ACOS anywhere between 10 to 25%, an average of you know, a little over 10% right now with the ROAS figures, we're seeing a really good return on some of these bottom of funnel strategies. And then the other thing to just bust in the myth too, if you go through an agency like us, you can get started small versus having to contribute or having to, to say, commit to a, a huge ad spend. So you can start small and get the performance and then scale up from there. So it is open for all. Just know that you're going to have to go through an agency like us instead of directly through Amazon. So overall, we've got a lot of awesome stuff to cover in upcoming episodes. So hope you join and looking forward to seeing you then. <laughs>